wonderful boys and girls, and welcome to Avant-Garde Book Storytime. I'm Cherie Hardy, and tonight I'm going to be reading another story from Mandela's favorite African folktales. If you have this book, you can follow along with me. If you don't, it's quite okay. Just get in a very comfortable place, get relaxed, and listen to Nelson Mandela's favorite African folktales. This story is called The Ring of the King. Once there was a king, a king with a ring. In that ring lay the secret of his power and greatness. The ring was made of gold, brought up the river Nile, inlaid with silver, brought up the river Congo, and topped with diamonds, brought up the river Zambezi. So the story went through Though exactly where it had come from, no one was sure. The ring was so powerful that whoever wore it was protected from all mortal danger. That meant that no matter how many people came charging around the corner, waving spears and axes or shooting arrows, the king could never get hurt, provided, of course, that he was wearing the ring. So the king wore the ring at all times while passing judgment in his court, while eating stupendous feasts that lasted all day, while being carried on a special sort of bed covered with ostrich feathers through the streets of his city, and even while sleeping in the royal bedchamber at night. The king wore the magic ring every hour of every day, except when he went for his ceremonial bath. On these occasions, the king was carried to the crystal clear pool beside the waterfall. There all his servants and his children and his many wives bowed low to him and then backed away out of sight. Once they had left, the king would take off his crown of gold and ivory and peacock feathers, his cloak of gold and silk and precious stones, his sandals of ebony and rhinoceros hide, and his robe of the purest white linen, and then he would take off his ring and hide it in a place so secret and well concealed that not his servants nor his children nor even his many wives could make the slightest guess as to where it was. And as soon as he had finished his royal bath, the ring was the first thing the king put on again before he allowed anyone to come anywhere near him. He treasured the ring because it made him the most powerful king in Africa. But one day, when he stepped dripping out of his ceremonial bath into the warm sun to find that the ring was not there, at first with amazement and then with fear, the king searched his secret secret hiding place, and all around it, the ring was gone. Somebody, somebody among all his servants, and his children and his many wives must have discovered the hiding place and dared to take the ring. The king was furious, but he was also afraid. If the offer, if he offered great rewards for finding the ring, then everyone would know that he no longer had it. They would know that he no longer was protected from harm. They would know that he was no longer the most powerful king in Africa. For days, the king sat and worried. He paced up and down his private chamber, 
He sat for hours staring at the ground or at the sky. He couldn't sleep. All his wives shook their heads in sorrow, and his children kept well away. It was his favorite wife who persuaded him to tell her what was wrong. Immediately she went to the house of the wisest of all the diviners, a man called Zafusa. With wild eyes and bracelets jangling on his arm, Zafusa sprang into the courtyard where the king was sitting. Plumes of feathers danced and waved in his headdress, and strips of furry skin dangled from his waist. He looked like a feathered leopard with a hundred tails. He listened silently while the king explained about the stolen ring. Then Zafusa opened one of the feathers pouches that hung from his belted, head, beaded belt and took out the set of bones that he used to find answers to difficult questions. Moving a circle in the sand, Zafusa held the bones toward the sky, gave a sharp cry, and then dropped them. Carefully, he examined the pattern in which they lay. Then Zafusa straightened up and looked at the king. Your ring will be found, your majesty, he said. The thief is close to us. Who is it? demanded the king. Zafusa shook his head. You shall see. You will not need magic. Send for your woodcutters. The king did so at once, and Zafusa explained to them what was needed. At dawn or the next day, all those who could possibly have had the slightest chance to steal the ring were gathered in the great square in front of the palace. The king appeared at the top of the steps leading down from the front door and stood there staring silently at the bowing people. Then he clapped his hands and soldiers appeared all around the square, ready and armed with sharpened spears so no one could escape. Through a small archway appeared Zafusa, all the more terrible now with white circles around each eye and strange dark designs on his body. After him came the woodcutters with great numbers of straight wooden sticks. They heaped the sticks in the center of the square. Zafusa danced around the sticks chanting in an, a language nobody had heard before and it was clear to even the smallest child that he was casting a spell on the sticks. Finally, at the king's command, everyone in the square was given one stick. Take care, thundered Safusa. These sticks are full of power. Do not lose them. Have them with you all through today. Bring them back here at dawn tomorrow. As the sun rises, we shall see what we shall see. Sticks of power. All the people were amazed. The sticks looked so ordinary. They compared sticks with each other. They all looked just the same. A few were a little thicker or thinner, but they were all the same length. In fact, they were all exactly the same length. How curious. The guards moved aside, and the servants' children and wives were allowed to leave, shuffling backward, of course, for no one ever turned a back on the king. So they all saw the king beckoning with a finger to his favorite wife. As she knelt before him, she whispered in her 
her ear as he whispered as as she knelt before him he whispered in her ear the thief is as good as caught the stick will catch him this night the stick of the thief will grow in length by the breadth of three fingers but don't tell anyone i said so as he strolled into the carved doorway all the wise children and servants crowded around the favorite wife to find out what the king had said now the favorite wife was a very careful woman she didn't breathe a word to anyone except to her own extra special friend that friend was a trustworthy woman too and she told only her mother and her wise old aunt but the strange thing was that by the time the sun set that evening every single person who had been in the square knew that by dawn the thief's stick would have grown in length by the breadth of three fingers night came swiftly and silently as it always did when the first tinges of dawn showed that the night was over the crowd gathered in the square and they all had their sticks the sun crept up into the sky and suddenly there was zafusa a gleaming spear in his hand glaring at the people the king appeared being carried on his special traveling bed with ostrich feathers beside him walked the chief builder in the kingdom bearing his measuring rod stick after stick was measured all the way around the square not one of them had grown so much as a finger nail in length but there was one stick carried by a sweating servant with a shifty look in his eyes that was exactly the thickness of three fingers shorter than everyone else's there's a thief shrieked zafusa leaping high into the air and waving his spear take him yelled the king ordering the royal guards into action feed him to the lions the thief promptly forgot that the ring protected him and fell to his knees and cried and pleaded he took off the ring from one hand he had been hiding and gave it to the king and cried some more and begged for mercy and the king was so pleased to have his ring back and to be the most powerful king in Africa once more that he allowed the royal lions to go without their breakfast the thief was set free free that is apart from a small punishment he had to run around the city three times and the children chased him all the way around all three times and they found quite a different use for their sticks how did you manage that asked the king as he was recovering in his private chamber as afusa stood watching bag after bag of gold being brought from the king's treasury your magic must be even stronger than the magic of the ring not so says afusa i told you it would not need magic all it needed was one very guilty man he knew so well that he was a thief that he really believed his stick had grown three fingers in length during the night so he cut off that length and thought no one would notice that fusa tied up the bags of gold in a spare sheepskin he had had the foresight to bring with him and bowed once to the king there is more than one kind of magic your majesty wow okay boys and girls that was it that was our special story from mandela's favorite African folk tales it was called the ring of the king ring of the king 
And again, this book is Nelson Mandela's favorite African African folk tales. I hope you learned a lesson from that story, boys and girls. Have a wonderful night. Goodbye.